Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration on the Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com. You can also find us at uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, iVox, and I'm sure there are more I missed. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm a creative and a performing artist, and I come to you live in my house in Southern California uh, every day at 3 o'clock Pacific time. This show is an outreach of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016, originally to carry on my mom's teachings after her passing. Um, mom always believed that the the key to everything was we needed more more peace, more love, more kindness, and more unity in the world. To this show, I always add the words um, ascension, involvement, inspiration, and love. What are you doing on the earth to raise your own vibration and how is that leading to your overall involvement and enlightenment? And then probably even more importantly, how are you taking those two things and using them to inspire others and how much love are you throwing into the world? Um, that's what this show's about. It's about passion and service and what are you, and what are you doing to make the world a better place? Um, acts of kindness. So every week on the show, I gather people that I believe to be the brightest and most beautiful and lovely people that I know in all of my communities, uh, spiritual, entertainment, paranormal, give back. Um, and we do, uh, we talk about what, what we're doing to make it all better. And I think that's an important topic right now. So my guests today are, are dear friends and wonderful people and have been on shows with me before. Um, they're people that know a lot about love because they love each other and I love that. And they're just wonderfully talented uh, people in their own rights and spiritual people in their own right. Please welcome to the show uh, two of my favorite people, Sadie Katz and Miles Reese. How are you both? It's wonderful to have you here on the show with me. Hi. Hey. It's great. Thank you for having us, yeah, guys. That's good to, good to oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And, and, it's, and I have not had a chance to say on the air, congratulations. Now there, you've made another person, which is a beautiful thing. Congratulations on making a beautiful person. Thank you. You may hear him in the background. He's in the babbling stage, so. Yeah. Oh, good. I love that about him. He's doing his little his work. That's wonderful. His job. And Miles, I'm going to say already, he just went to contact in the desert. Oh, that's awesome. I almost went, Miles. I got stuck here with another oh, no commitment. I'm putting together a show for a streaming network and so I was I'm putting I've got two weeks, so I'm in the crunch. But I did I did have a path to go and I so wanted to go. Next year we'll have to know we're both going and go. Oh yeah, no, I mean this was the first time what my nephew and I went, you know, the the to the us the last one that uh before all the lockdowns and stuff. So this was the first time back in person. Uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. It was a, it was a really great conference. That always been a thing for you, ufology and what what's out uh, there and beyond us. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely more into um, you know the the uh, sort of like forbidden archaeology and alternative history stuff. Um, and you know, when I was a kid, I was really I was, guess you could say I was a cryptozoologist. When I was younger, nice. I was very into Seth Monster and Bigfoot and all that. Um, but yeah, it did the the really fascinating stuff I saw at, at Contact this year was uh, Graham Hancock did a couple of presentations, and Hugh Newman did this amazing thing about giants and Stonehenge. Um, really, really interesting stuff. It's fascinating, right? The interesting thing I think about life is the more your mind expands, the more it expands, right? 
And that's the beautiful thing. The more you think about things and ponder things and watch shows and read books and see documentaries, the more you want to know about more. And and there and I love people who are always like, well, you know, some of my clients like, well, what am I going to learn about all of it? I'm like, oh, honey, there's there's no all of it. The 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 more you go down the rabbit hole, the deeper the rabbit hole gets, right? Right, totally. I mean, that's, you know, like with the UFOs. I mean, there was a. I did go to one really interesting uh, UFO roundtable with a lot of the heavy hitters, and um, there was a there was some really interesting talk about the fact that like so much government disclosure is happening that it's almost like there's been a paradigm shift with the UFO world where you almost can't trust the mainstream message about it now. And there's been this shift where everyone's like, well, what are they doing? Because everyone's so paranoid to trust anything that's coming out of the government. So, you know, the fact that like there, you know, the Tic Tac videos and all that stuff. And, you know, there, there was all these conversations about it. Like, well, you know, should we really trust anything that we're being fed, you know, and this whole, you know, I mean, I, I'm not bagging on anyone personally, but like, you know, the, what's his name, the, um, the Blake 182 guy, and he sort of teamed up with, 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 you know, guys who were, you know, from SETI and, you know, so it's, it's like, who, who's, who are they really working for and who's telling the real truth? Like, what is disclosure? Um, which I thought yeah. was really, really interesting, you know? Uh, I mean, I think that's everywhere, like it's in, well, first of all, everywhere in humanity, but specifically in communities that I'm a part of, it's in the paranormal community, I mean, it's in the spiritual community, it's in the psychic community, um, but there's a kind of a different edge to it in the ufology community, and I think it's because um, because the government stuff heavily gets involved in it. I have a friend that just, that works, he's the media director for MUFON, and he just did oh. a documentary out. Um, literally before the documentary even came out, people were leaving negative Amazon reviews saying like, "Don't trust it; it's all lies." And there's so Don't much trust like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much like um, uh, vitriol coming from uh, all sides of that community. Because and then the thing is, you know what? It, it's someday they're just going to show up, and then we're going to know. So until then, we might as well speculate in peace. Well, did did you see the thing in Vegas? Yeah, did you see last night? I thought it was a I thought it was like an ad, you know, a joke, a hoax. Um, that the kids in Vegas that that they caught on camera the the flying saucer, whatever it was, UFO. And then yeah. there's a boy who called in and said, you know, these large non human things. He said they were in their backyard. Yeah, he described them as eight feet tall. Like basically, what he described to me, you'll get this. He, they were like they were like ancient graves or tall graves. You know, that's what he described. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did a, a documentary last two summers ago in Joshua Tree, and um, man, when you're out in Joshua Tree, I mean, this was like in the middle of nowhere. Like you're. I was at my little motel in Yucca, and then I drove, you know, 15 minutes into the nothingness. That's where this house was. And when you look up in the sky, like, you can see everything. You see all the stars. You can see all the satellites. And then you can see them. And they are like nothing you've ever seen because they're not moving like a star or a shooting star. They're definitely not moving like the satellites. And they're just everywhere, right? So, I mean... Someday they will present themselves, but I, I think they're probably more scared of us because we shoot everything on site. So I think they're a little concerned about us finding out about them, you know? Right, right, right. So do you think that they're peaceful? Do you think that they'll be peaceful? I think some right. are, and I think some are. You know, my mom had an encounter when I was one with like a watcher. And um, mm-hmm. that just she turned around to stay in the laundry room, and there he was. And, you know, she thought she was going crazy. And then we moved um, from the East Coast to the Midwest, and she picked up the paper one day, and there was a story in the paper of a lady who was throwing a party, and the exact same guy showed up in the kitchen and was dressed exactly the same and looked exactly the same, and then he just disappeared in front of everybody. So, wow. you know, I kind of up with that around me. And, and then I had a weird thing happen maybe – Maybe 15 years ago, I had a weird thing happen in my house in the valley. Um, but, uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I totally, 
I'm totally on board with all of it. I think some are like us. I think some are good and some are not good. And I think we should, you know, be open-hearted about it. But I think we also should be wary of any new thing because you never know, right? The universe is a balance. I mean, do you believe that, say, that the universe is kind of a balance of of dark and light, right? So some some are yeah, good and some are not. I'm such a skeptic. Like, Miles and I talk about this, and you and I have talked about this. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, a, you know, exiled. I, like, I want to believe. Yeah. Um, you know, I really do. Like, I've never had any experiences like that. I've had things that maybe, but I think I'm such a skeptic. The alien stuff, I'm starting to actually go, like, there's got to be something going on. Um, you know, also, when you get older, you start to believe things more. That's not true. I, I think I think that means you're open-minded. I, a lot of people become more restricted when they get older. We're all roughly the same age, the three of us around, and um, uh, generationally, probably, at least. And I think that people I know my own age, I'm in my, my early 50s, that some, I guess I'm not in my early 50s anymore. Maybe we're not the same age. Uh, so that either people have got become more open and more relaxed as they've gotten into the, the, the middle of their life plus, or they've become more shut down. For me, I think I've right. become more open. I mean, I always was very open, um, but I have a lot less anxiety than I had as a young person. So I'm much more relaxed, and I think that that even makes me more open. Plus, working in this world now um, for however many years in these communities, the more you're exposed to, the more you believe. But I also think it's good to be – because I consider myself to be a skeptical believer – because if you just believe everything and you're just crazy, then it just becomes sense. I mean, there's some things that that are just insane. So I think it's important to – um, discern what you believe and what you don't believe, and, and you don't have to feel pressured to believe everything. Does that make sense, Sadie? Because I think there's a lot of stuff you do believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of, it is, some of it is actually generational for, you know, when we were younger. So I'm, I'm in my, I want to say early 40s, but maybe I'm creeping more to the middle. Uh, but, you know, when I was growing up, like, the the idea of aliens, if you even said that you believe that, that was, like, completely ridiculous. Um, and Miles is going to laugh at me. He just grabbed the baby. But uh, Miles, uh, I kind of don't believe that we landed on the moon. Like, I would more Uh-oh. say that we didn't. Or that, the, that it was faked. So maybe we landed since, but because we faked the initial moon landing. So I'm... I'm like, I know that some people think that's crazy, but I like love stuff about that. So I think overall, I have a hard time believing, but yeah, as you get, as I get older, I realize how many times I've been wrong. So I'm willing to realize that I could be really wrong on this. I hope I am actually. Right, right. Right. What, what do you, what do you, what, because a lot of people don't believe in the moon landing. So now I'm fascinated. What is it about, I mean, do you believe in none of it? Do you believe that the ships never went up there or is it just the moon landing? I just think it's the moon landing because if you look at what was going on with like a Kubrick at the time, it looks very much exactly like what, you know, what was going on in film and, you know, there's the things that I've looked up or that have said, like, the way the the flag is blowing and or not blowing and things like that. Um, I don't remember specifically, but I just, I don't know. Even as a kid, the first time I saw it, I, I thought that it didn't really happen. And the fact that we haven't gone back, just, it's kind of odd. Like, we did this and we haven't actually gone back and have footage of a human for I think I think maybe we've only gone back one time in the seventies. Just that to me seems very suspect because now if they yeah. do footage of it, it's not going to match. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why we didn't go back. Maybe we just didn't think there was anything there we could use. So we just you know for the the same reason we haven't tried to settle on Antarctica. There's like nothing there we, but we need. Keep going I mean, I to think Mars. We, 
Well, but I think we think there's something on Mars. Yeah, I think there's something on Mars we think we need. I also think that that there is speculation, so probably within the government, hot-button speculation, that at one point there was life like ours on Mars. And so I think we're fascinated by not only was there, but why is there no longer? Because I think we're also obsessed with the um, eventual, you know, annihilation of our own planet and where we're going to go next. So if we can figure out what they did, maybe figure out where to all go next. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I think we went to the moon and we were like, "Eh, it's a rock. And then we were bored. But we didn't. Um, but but I do think, how much was explored? Um, Miles thinks I'm. Miles yeah. thinks I'm. No, no. I think there. I think we went to the moon because if you look at a really high-powered tel- telescope, you can see the stuff that we left behind. You can see the rovers and everything. I mean, it's you know, that's that's you know, there's hard evidence. I think, but the the Mars stuff is really really interesting because we're only going to one side of Mars, and I think that's on purpose because we're avoiding the side with the pyramids and the face and everything else. And there's there's nothing right. really sketchy <laughs> right. about all of that, right. you know. Show that, right, right. We don't show it. You know, once we get there, we'll go snoop around that because we want to know if there's anything there we can take, or if anything's made of gold. Or it's funny because we get right. so angry. I watched this, when I was watching this documentary. I don't remember. It was on Discovery Plus, so it was one of eight thousand UFO documentaries there. But um, it, it was about um, abduct people who had been abducted about abductions. And, you know, everybody gets so upset about it. Like, how dare those? But it's exactly what we would do when we find something new. We have done, when we found giant squid after all those centuries of believing it was mythical, probably the first thing we did was cut one open. I mean, that's what we do. So why would it not be strange that that's what they would do as well? I'm not saying it's not scary, but, you know, we go to Mars, we're going to go looking around for what can we find, what's, what's of value, you know, how can we pillage Mars? And, you know, I just think it's, it's just, it's a thing. So you thought you guys were worried about your baby and my cat's back here singing like he's in a choir. So sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think what you um, said, though, about the, um, the deep sea stuff is really, really, really applicable, right? Because it's like there's still stuff that we don't know about this planet. You know, there's still, there's still, there's still, you know, levels of the ocean that we haven't explored fully. They're still finding new things. You know, there's still tribes, you know, no matter how much they, you know, they try to find everyone, like there's probably still stuff hidden in the Amazon. You know, there's, there's things we don't know. I mean, there's still, there's still pyramids covered up, you know, in, in, in Central America, you know? So there's, there's so much that we don't know about. I think, I'm 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 a, extremely agnostic when it comes to all this stuff. I'm very very open to the possibilities, um, and and I ha- I think I'm no longer an agnostic when it comes to sort of uh, you know, for lack of a better term, Atlantis. You know, for 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 an ancient pre pre you know uh, cataclysm civilization that existed that was highly advanced that sort of spread out across the globe after after you know what what you know what's commonly known as like the flood, right? I, I, I'm convinced that, that Hancock's right about that at this point. Oh, do you believe it's the actual, the great flood that took out Atlantis? Well, I think, you know, it's the, the young Adrias, right? Like what, whatever that was, whether it was a meteor, whatever, it's just every culture yeah. seems to have the same myth. And, and all the connections between all of these ancient civilizations and how they, they all shared, you know, just, commonality and how they were building these megalithic structures and you know just if you look at how where they were built and how they were aligned with certain star systems and everything it's just it's 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 there's too many coincidences that you know right. i think like i said graham hancock's done a great job of laying out in in his work and especially in fingerprints of the gods it's just you know i'm convinced on that at this point and i and i think archaeology like my i think mainstream archaeology is a very closed up sort of uh you know, world, and, you know, they don't, they don't really want to, they don't really want to rock the boat, you know? Sure. I understand. Well, because of the, people are very fearful. A lot of people become very fearful of anything that doesn't fit in whatever their religious doctrine is, or, you know what I mean? If if it's not in the Bible, we're going to get our guns. So, you know, I think people are fearful. Do you believe Atlantis was a human civilization 
or do you believe it was yeah. an, an, an extraterrestrial civilization? No, no. I, I, I actually, I, I think that giving, giving it all up to aliens is like taking away from us, right? It's like, you know, who, right. you know why, why, why couldn't we have achieved that level of civilization back then? Like, that's like, you know, I think if anything, it's, it's just, you know, I, I, when people take this attitude that we're living in like this post-historical world or that, you know, like that, you know, what, what people think that, uh, not that I don't think you do, but like a lot of people think that like history is like a, like a, an ever, a never ending line up. And I just don't think that's how it is. You know, it's like, it's probably had many starts and stops and, um, you know, the, the idea that like, this is it and that we can't end up just the same as they did. I, I think is extremely arrogant, you know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think, um, so do you believe that there was any, any extraterrestrial help like with pyramids or that there are missing link or any of that? Do you think they've been involved in our civilization? I'm, I'm open to that idea. I, I, I think it's more likely that we were tuned into things back then that we're no longer tuned into that gave us the ability to, to build those structures. You know, I, I think, I think there might have been different types of technology that we couldn't understand now, you know, um, and, and, you know, that we were maybe more tuned into, you know, other parts of our brain and, and like using vibrational energy and, and, you know, like harmonic stuff, you know, things that have been experimented with that, you know, if you read about it, it's like, this is happening, you know, you can hit a certain tone and it will affect water. It'll make things move. You know, and I, and I mm-hmm. you know, there's been experiments done inside the Great Pyramid with, with uh, you know, harmonics, and, you know, these chambers react a certain way to these sounds. So I, I think, I think that they might have just been people just like us who just were not, um, not closed off because of what we believe is science, right? It's like we, we have this religion of science now that, like, cuts us off from any magic, you know? And right. I, I, I think that's limiting our capacity to do stuff, you know? I, I agree. And I think that when we evolve more, we will get to the point where we realize that science and spirituality are just two sides of the same coin. We're just not evolved enough yet to get that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And, so many and, I mean, and, spiritual. I'm sorry? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, all the all – the, all the great traditions have that in them. It's just that you have to, you have to really, really dig deep and be open to it and understand it. I mean, you know, the, the, the Kabbalah and, and Judaism, you know, I grew up, you know, Jewish and, you know, Sadie, Sadie converted, you know, right before we had our, our baby, but there's, there's a, you know, a whole spiritual and magic tradition in Judaism that, you know, sees, sees a lot of stuff, you know, and, 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 you know, most people, aren't tuned into that. Like most people who, you know, identify or grew up Jewish, they're not, they're not open to that stuff, but it's there. It's in the tradition, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the same thing. I, I, I'm of Irish descent and our history was all mysticism before Catholicism came in and tried to wipe it. But even then we kept little bits of it and, and weaved it into it so that nobody would know, you know what I mean? Even the Celtic cross, right? It's the cross but it has the ancient Celtic idea of everything being the circle around it. So, yeah, every, every modern religion, I mean, Catholicism is full of mysticism. Well, Catholics will tell you none of that exists. Um, look at a Catholic ceremony. There's incense and all kinds of crazy stuff. We're, yeah, we're drinking yeah, wine yeah. and calling it blood. <laughs> we're eating a cracker and calling it flesh. I mean, there's, that's insane. So I think that, you know, we um, – we like to pretend that we don't believe in mysticism while we have mysticism in our lives every day. And um, I don't know why we want to pretend, but I, I think it, especially in this country, I think it just goes back to unhappy Puritans that founded this country and that influence mm. is still a part of it, right? The unhappy, yeah. the unhappy Puritans. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, there's like, a, I have a, a personal struggle between, you know, this sort of idea that like, you know, I don't know, I, I don't want to get 
too far down this road, but I, I do feel that there's a bit of a spiritual battle going on right now. And and part of that makes Absolutely. me lean more towards more towards my my traditional roots, you know, and, and like, you know, sort of you know you know, Judeo Christian, you know, traditions and stuff and like, you know, what is God and what's light versus what's dark, right? But then I also know that, you know, there's, you know, sort of like, you know, pentagram style designs in, you know, like most of nature and, and you know, even, you know, the, the Star David, you know, is a six-pointed star and, and there's all these weird things it, it, within nature that are just, you know, it's buried into the design and our DNA and stuff. So it's like, you know, why was that made to be such a bad thing and, and sort of like suppressed, right? So it, it's, I'm torn on that stuff, you know, it's, it's hard to know what's good and what's bad because you, you want things to be really clear. I, I'm jealous of your Catholic upbringing because like Sadie does all these, uh, these horror movies and it's like, I love the, the simplicity of that view where it's like, you know, you, you got your holy water and your cross and you can fight the demon and it's very clear who's good and who's bad. And it's, it's, it's a really orderly view of the universe, you know, and it's like, I, I, yeah. I, I fear it's much more complex than that, unfortunately. Yeah. And you think that I didn't, I didn't grow up Catholic. I, I was an Irish Protestant. The, the, no. the forbidden Irish. Uh, I grew up Presbyterian, which is basically a religion where, um, you listen to something for about 30 minutes, and all the while you're thinking about the coffee cake, and then everyone stampedes to the basement for punch and cookies. Um, it's not, like, <laughs> very religious. Um, and my mom was, you know, always a, a, a closet metaphysician and kept her psychic gifts very quiet and didn't talk about them until I was in college. So she had this whole kind of other, you know, she had read Edgar Casey in her 20s, like this whole other world going on that I didn't really know about, but that it was always okay to ask any question in the house. And then once she came out of the spiritual closet, that all bets were off. It was, you know, crystals and dragons were everywhere. But um, interestingly enough, I did my in me last summer, and I don't know who my father is. I was a a sperm donor baby back in the days when that was a forbidden thing you didn't talk about. And I, uh, I found out that my father was Italian, so there's Catholic, and my my mother's ancestry is actually uh, Southern Italy, um, Southern Ireland. So she too came from Catholics who probably converted to Protestantism when they came over here as indentured servants with English people. So I've mm-hmm. had this fascination with Catholicism my whole life, and I never knew why. And then lo and behold, um, it's in my DNA, which is a weird thing, yeah, right? I had a yeah. with a client yesterday about Judaism about whether or not being Jewish is actually in your DNA or is it something that you believe in? Or because he was talking about his, you know, kind of sometimes he gets very reticent at the idea that people convert, um, which that's his opinion. I think when you find the spirituality that speaks to you, you go and become that thing because we all need to find what resonates with us. You know what I mean? Sadie, you just, how do you feel about converting and, and how is that, added to or changed your spirituality? Um, You know what's funny is I would have, so when I met with the rabbi, Rabbi Barclay, who's amazing and Thousand Oaks, um, we met with them and I was, you know, pregnant. And I was really honest about the fact that I said, you know, I'm not 100% certain that I I believe in God. So I'm a little bit worried about going on this journey because you know I used to be a Jehovah's Witness. We've talked about that before. So I'm like Yeah, I'm like this is the first time that I'm kind of been open to religion again. Um and the rabbi was so great because he kind of said to me, you know, it's not a requirement to believe in God. We're not like a, a Catholic or a Christian thing. He said it's it's a requirement that you're on the journey to it. So this is like a, you know, converting is a lifelong journey rather than it's not like a a baptism where, you know, you've kind of been saved and then, you know, that's it or, you know, whatever. But so I think I started studying it with that in mind. And then I really loved, I I started thinking, you know, the, the freaking, the person in entertainment that I am, I was like, wow, I should write a book about 
you know, using Judaism for your real life. I just really liked a lot of the philosophies and and the celebration. You know, when you're Jehovah's Witness, there's basically no holidays, and Judaism is like a holiday every week. They love wine. They love bread. <laughs> there was yeah. there was a lot of things that I, I picked up from it that I found were just overall a great way to live. And it's funny because I know that there's some people that are really not into people converting, and it doesn't hurt my feelings either way. I'm, I feel like I am sort of sneaking in on a culture. So, um, you know, it was, it was important to Miles that we raise our baby um, with that. And so I, I do feel like it's kind of a special gift and kind of healed some of the hurt I had about, you know, That's leaving great. being a job as witness. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Like I said, I think, and I disagreed with my client yesterday. I, I said, I think whenever you find the spirituality that speaks to you, and, and whether you consider Judaism to be a religion or an ethnicity or both, I mean, if, if I knew somebody who was German and they went to Ireland for a month and fell in love with it and decided to convert to being Irish, I'd be like, woohoo, one more. Like, I think that's great. I mean, you, have you know, I grew up, uh, we moved here when I was 13, and it was in the 80s. I say here because I'm back living in my childhood home now in Huntington Beach. Um, it was so Christian and conservative and white and it and evangelical, and I think it scared my mom because she was a New Yorker. Part of the reason I'm here is I feel it needs me because it needs some spiritual voices that are not that voice. But it was such a shock to be in that environment, and I rebelled against it, and I would no longer use the word Christian, and I would no longer say God. I would only say the universe. Well, you know, then I live my life, and you get older, and you meet all kinds of people. And, um, you know, four or five years ago, after I got ordained, which I never thought would happen, I got asked to be a pastor at a church in Hollywood that is very progressive Christian, and um, I was never baptized because my mom wanted me to make my own decision. And I literally walked in that church the first day, and there was like music and, and fun and lots of gay people. And I was like, okay, this is my church. I, my mom would always say, I'm not going to have you baptized because someday you'll find the church that speaks to you. And I thought that would never happen. And then here I am, 50 years old, and I walk in this church, and I'm like, oh, my God, these are my people. And I even um, got baptized on her birthday, kind of to honor her, in 2019 oh. because I found wow. the place I belonged. And in finding the place I belonged, I don't have a problem using the word Christian anymore. I think it freaks out a lot of my new age friends. Um, I don't have a problem saying God because this is what I think. My mom always said that she was half a metaphysician and half a teachings of Christ Christian. And that's kind of how I feel I am too. And when you think about the teachings of Christ, first of all, totally universal. Secondly, he was Jewish. And at the time, he was a Jewish person. It was not a Christian movement. And I think when you just think about that, so when I use that term that I'm, I'm a pastor at a Christian church, I think about like Jesus and all the wonderful things he had to say as a Jewish person and not you know, oh, my God, here's this oppressive religion that's telling us don't do this and don't do that. But it's funny how time right. sometimes changes how you feel about something, including your own spirituality. The more you learn and grow, the more you become. And now since I've found out that, you know, genetically I'm a secret Catholic, I've been studying a lot of Catholic saints. <laughs> and, wow, what a lot of really cool people, many of whom were atheists until God spoke to them. So, and a lot of them were psychics that had visions, and uh, I'm fascinated by that now. So, I, I love the idea that with your spirituality, you never stop growing and you never stop healing, like you said, Sadie. You find the things that heal you, and you find where you belong, and it's okay to add more things or drop some things as you walk down your path. Yeah, I love the idea that you found your church at 50. I, I think sometimes your people get really hurt because they didn't connect with what they had growing up, so they just abandon it altogether. But I, I'm sure you know this, obviously. But we do have a yeah. part of our brain that, that's spiritual, and I do realize that 
when, you know, I go to yoga or when I'm around other people and we have an actual, like, spiritual conversation or a sound bath or meditation, you feel it. You can kind of feel like everything moves around. When we go to the synagogue, it's a different feeling. It's, it's, it's like, you know, the difference of having a, a dog or a baby. It, it, like, activates something different in you. And I can feel that sometimes. And that's when I go, like, you know, it's good to find that. Because um, yeah. doesn't it go with, like, kind of healing your inner child from growing up? And it, it, it absolutely does. I love that Judaism is so steeped in tradition and so steeped in family. I think when you go to synagogue, and as a kid, my mom, every Jewish friend I had, she'd pack me up and send me off to synagogue. So I learned about it. Um, it's it's like you feel like your family, like everybody's one family. And I think that we as human beings should feel that way about our species. I use that a lot in my services. When I do my services, I talk about one mm-hmm. human family. Um, I wish mm-hmm. we would get mm-hmm. more of that, but I think that, that, that Jewish folks really have that, really have that mm-hmm. nail, the idea of mm-hmm. we're all one family, um, so that you're biologically related to or the people that live in your home, it's, you know, we're all a family, and that church should be that, too. Um, I think with my church, because it was founded by gay folks who got kicked out of their Christian churches um, mm-hmm. 55 years ago, um, it always had that sort of feeling of everybody's welcome and everybody has a right to mm-hmm. be who they are. So it's sure. very much about music, love, and community. And the things that I really loved about the life of Jesus, which was community outreach, right? Who are we feeding? Who are we healing? Who are we making feel like they belong? What are we doing for homeless people? Since that's what church should be, not um, some, you know, big fancy thing where it has a Starbucks in it and talks about um, how everyone else is going to hell but them. That message never resonated with me and not really growing up in a church because I think as a kid we maybe went to church like 20 times. You know, we weren't really, we weren't really devout. Um, I did like the coffee cake, however. I did miss that about church because when I went back and found oh, the coffee cake, I'd forgotten about that. But um, I uh, I just think that um, it's about finding your home. And I think finding your spiritual palate, um, including what you believe as far as cryptozoology and ufology and all the things we talked about at the beginning of the show, Miles, I think it's, it's like I called it build I call it the spiritual salad bar. It's like when you go to a salad bar and you pick out the things that you like and you leave the things that you don't like, but you're not resentful of the people that take those things. You just don't want those things on your plate. I think if we looked at right. spirituality like that, we'd be a much happier species. Yeah, and look I think, you know, the idea of everybody fitting into one thing is unrealistic, right? And it, it because like you said, you have to find where you fit in and you know, we all come from different backgrounds. We, you know, we all we all have our own trauma. So everyone's looking for something different. Um, but how to connect all those different things so that they respect each other and and like you know live and let live? I think it's that's that's what we got to figure out. That's why we need the aliens to come down and bring us all together. Right. Give us some perspective. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and I will say this is a fight about what we're talking about. My whole life, I thought I was Jewish. I thought my father was Jewish. Jewish people always tried to claim me as Jewish. And when I looked down at the 23andMe and saw I was Italian, first of all, I was completely shocked. <laughs> Secondly, I was a little sad because I sort of uh, always thought I was. So in my heart, I'll always be a little that because I always thought I was. So um, well, there's, uh, it's interesting. There's an <laughs> There's an old joke from back back when I was a kid in New York. Uh, what's what's the difference between a Jew and an Italian? Yeah. Four years of high school. That's, that's, that's <laughs> oh it's, a ter- it's a terrible joke. This is 80s it's Brooklyn. It's a 1980s. Imagine you're it's the 1980s and you're in New York. And, and yeah. you know, <laughs> we, we made fun of each other in that way. From a New York perspective, right, the Jewish people, Italian people, and Irish people, we kind of all got thrown to the same place. And in a lot of ways, I think we all sort of became each other. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I grew, I grew up predominantly with, you know, in a predominantly Irish and Puerto Rican neighborhood. And 
you know, all my friends were Irish Catholics. And that's how I grew up. So, um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's New York. Definitely. That's nice. It's good to grow up that way. Is it, um, is it important for you guys when your little one grows up for him to know everything, become a part of everything and goes to everything? Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> Sorry. You know, we're. It's funny because you know my son, you know Griffin, who also Miles adopted. So Griffin's as bohemian as you can get. Hi, baby. Um, he's a bohemian and out like you know he's an artist. He's like just everything. When you talk to him, he's very spiritual. It was just his birthday, and he wanted to stay by himself in Joshua Tree in like a trailer nice. in the middle of nowhere. Um, okay. I don't know if I want to rate, like, I feel like I am leaning a little bit like safer. I, I, I feel like I don't, I don't know if I care about being so open with Gideon because we live in such a different time than 20 years ago. And I, I think my biggest priority is like getting him educated and, and being safe and, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. We we keep talking about it, and it's funny because all I wanted for Griffin was for him to grow up with gypsies, tramps, and thieves. And <laughs> on some <laughs> level, that happens. Right. And now I'm like, well, it'd be nice for Gideon to be around, you know, educated people and and have him go maybe maybe a little more conventional. Um, then I raised Griff. Right, right. But don't you think he also has you in him and Miles in him? So, you know what I mean? He's going to be a seeker because you both are. I mean, I think that's just oh, a gift. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. I, I think, if anything, with the two of us, we have to protect him from us. <laughs> He's got enough to deal with just with his parents, but I don't know. Right now, I'm just, I just want to keep him safe and, and happy. That's all I can think about looking at him. He's sitting on Sadie's lap right now. It is weird, though, because you get older and, you know, things change. I also think because we're older parents, we want to make sure that he's as strong as possible. Yeah. Because we may not be around forever, which is, you know, there's good things about being an older parent and, you know, poor Griffin moves 20 times with me and I would like to not have Gideon have to do that. Um, so, but, you know, with that, then it's a compromise because you have a different kind of a kid and there's things I really love about Griffin being so bohemian and open-minded and spiritual. So, you know, you wonder if you shelter your kid you're kind of taking away something. But you're right. If he's a seeker, he'll look for it himself no matter what. And he's going to have Griffin yeah. as his older brother. So, you know, there's not much we can do. <laughs> right. I would say he's going to be exposed to that as well. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, I, I, mean, I think they're, I mean, I, when I was, so when I was little, my parents were older. Um, you know, a lot of my friends' parents were half the age of my parents. So, and so my parents, I grew up in the 70s, so my parents were not, you know, smoking pot and going to key parties. And that was a lot of the stuff that my friends were seeing. My parents were kind of nerdy and they were readers and we watched PBS. But there was this openness with my mom that you were allowed to ask about anything. So anything I had a question about, it was okay to come. The whole thing was okay to come and ask me. So I think I grew up very open, a lot more open than, than a lot of my friends in that way because all questions were, no questions were off limits. But I wasn't exposed to a lot of wild stuff. So I kind of grew up in a really strange way where I'm, I'm super open. I believe in everything. I like to talk about everything. I've been exposed to everything, yet, you know, I've never drank and I've never done a drug and I've never smoked a cigarette and I'm not promiscuous and I'm not you know what I mean? So I have all this, like, like it's kind of this weird dichotomy that I think I picked up from my mom, although she did smoke and drink, and she was a partier. Um, but she had all that to rebel against with my grandparents, and I never seemed to rebel against. 
I always, my mom was like, hey, if you want to smoke, I'll buy you some cigarettes. If you want to drink, let me know what you want. I'll make drinks. And I was like, oh, okay, someday I can do that. And then I never did. So I think it's interesting to um, to allow kids to have the freedom so they don't feel like they have to, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of strange. Yeah, I, don't, my always, I don't know what happened. I don't know where you came from, but, you know, she – she obviously did something okay because you know I'm I'm a little okay, but it's um it's a hard decision. I a lot of it comes just from the person, right? You could have grown up in a a four square church with Griffin, and he could have been exactly the way he is now. Sometimes people I know. Just well, come out I mean, of the box. He was a Jehovah's. I mean, I was a Jehovah's Witness when he was born, and I was married to another Jehovah's Witness, and I always think how that might have gone but the truth is he was still going with his dad when he was like you know two or three and I remember he just wasn't into it and yeah it did not connect with him one time he said I said how was the meeting because he went with his dad and he said they always just laugh at jokes that aren't even funny so he kind of picked <laughs> up that it was a sort of fake thing you know a lot of right. people so it, it, it is interesting, you're right, because the kids, right now we, Gideon seems like a very old soul, and he has, he looks, yeah. with his little haircut, he looks like a little accountant, and he has a very deep nature, but at this age, yes. it's easy to project what yeah, he'll be like. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, he's big and, and evolved looking for nine months. I mean, he looks like a three-year-old. <laughs> Oh, and, you know, he's actually he's actually on the the smaller side of you know physically. Like he's the doctors say that he's actually he's not you know he's fine, but he's not big. You know what you're seeing he pictures of so him, and he, looks, he has a mature face. It's it's super yeah, weird. Yeah, it's like a six year old, but he's actually tiny. He's yeah. in the like three percentile, but he looks yeah, he really. Looks like a- we bring him home from the hospital and he looked like he was ready to go for his first day of school. It was really funny. <laughs> he had just this little perfect features. <laughs> huh, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think how the old soul, right? Because when you look in his eyes... Those eyes look like a baby's eyes. Like those eyes look like a mature person's eyes in there. A lot of kids yeah, no, he looks, look like what's going on. He stares at people. It's, it's funny because he'll he'll meet someone new and he just stares at them and sometimes people get a little freaked out because he just has yeah. this, this really really intense stare. intense deep eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. Very deep. Yes. When yes. I I don't really believe in past lives. However, I don't not believe. But when we brought him home, I remember there was a couple times I caught him as a newborn, like staring at me. And I said to Miles, I said, he looks like I'm familiar to him. Mm-hmm. I go, if I if I believed in past lives, I would say there's something very interesting because I kept locking eyes with him and in a way and I swear I saw a look a look sweep across his face that just didn't feel like a newborn to me. It was very interesting. Yep. Yeah, I think you guys all are travelers. I mean I think there's definitely a, a past life connection with all of you. I mean I do believe uh, past lives but um, but I, I I mean I definitely think for the two of you because I think I met you Miles when you two had just gotten together. And I mean, automatically, you you seem like you've been together for 20 years. Oh, wow. You know, that our first date, when Miles sat down, (laughs) no, I'm just saying, so he met me, and we met to eat, and he just started telling about his day. And I remember, like, we were sitting there, and I was thinking, I feel like I've been with this guy forever. Even in a bad way, I was like, oh, no. Why is this guy it? Like, this is it, though. I, I just felt that from my core. I sat next to him, and I could feel it. That's so awesome. That's so, you guys are such a success story, and I love you both so much, yeah. and I thank you for being here. Let's do this again. Next time we'll do my hot.
haunted playground show and talk about ghosts and demons and all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, did I ever tell you about the the um the show that I ran for with John Zaffis, the uh, yes, the Warren Ed Lorraine Warren's nephew? Absolutely. You know, John's a good friend of mine. Oh no, kidding! I love John. He's one of my favorite people that I ever uh, did a show with. One of the sweetest men ever in that show. It's, there's never been another like it before or after. Haunted Collector, what a great show. Congratulations on yeah, that again, my friend. Thanks. You got it. Are you, would you do another paranormal show? You know, I have uh, learned to never say never to anything. You know, I'm very happy. Oh, you know, I'm doing really hard, hard docs now. I'm doing all true crime and, you know, sort of cults and stuff like that. And it's like very, 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 you know, Important. you know, overseen by lawyers. And, but, you know, I would never say I, I will never do anything, you know. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, is there a place for, Sadie, where can people find you? Miles, is there a place where people can find you? I, no, I, I, am, I am not that public of a, of a human. They can find me on IMDb or, or, or on Sadie's on Sadie's page. On, yeah. on Instagram. Did <laughs> you've gotten a little more active on Instagram? Yeah, I'm on it. Under Sadie Cat and Miles Reef. Yeah. Instagram S A D I E K A T Z. Wonderful. I'm I'm, wonderful. I'm pulling Miles into the dark side, so he posts a little uh, bit family oh, stuff. Oh, oh, not no, too much, though, because you know I'm not yeah. super obsessed. I think we're both on the same. Thing. We want to connect with people, but, like, I don't live my life by – I'm not an influencer by no. any means. No, no, nor do I have any urge to be either. I, I totally get that. <laughs> you guys are great. Thanks for being here. Sadie Thank Pat, you. And Gideon, who's been making appearances throughout the show. I love you guys, and I can't wait to have you back. If you missed those links, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Uh, that's how you can find me or everywhere on social media at Sheena Metal. Also, we're at Raising the Vibration Radio for the show, RaisingTheVibration.org for the movement, Live Paranormal, and iHeartRadio.com, LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com for the stations. Till I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work vibration, and know that you are loved and you are loved and you're loved by me, and I'll see you next time. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.